You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Marin After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Marin After Show. Yeah, hey AfterBuzz TV fans. Welcome to episode 8 of Marin. Uh, we are the after show. Unfortunately, Matt Lieberman and Stephen Kaufman could not meet us tonight. But fear not, we've got a lot of good stuff for you. Jesse Klein is with me and I'm your host, J.B. Zimmerman. Um, Jesse, let's just jump right in. Dude, let's jump in. How did you feel about the episode? Man, I love this episode. It was like weird... And kind of like outside the box, like I feel like the last few episodes have kind of lived in our reality, and this one was much more of like this was in Mark's brain pretty much the entire episode, so it was pretty cool. Exactly. I mean, I feel like a lot of people um, give credit to Louis the mm-hmm. show, you know, for being sort of artistic, if you will, yeah, um, just kind of using the format of the show to kind of experiment. Uh, a little bit. And it was great to see Marin kind of jump in there, too. So different from the other episodes. Yeah, especially since Marin as a character is in his head the entire time. It's kind of cool to see, like, what's going on there. And it's it's freaky. Yeah, no. <laughs> it uh, was interesting. I mean, let's let's talk, talk about it. We start out with Andy. They're kind of um, discussing um, a gig that Marin got. Um, obviously, it's a in Texas, so it's a travel. Gig. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see kind of a behind the scenes like thing with stand up comedians where like Marin was asked to cover for a guy in Lubbock, Texas, and he and Andy Kindler are just kind of talking shop about like how does Andy come up with new material and they talk and like how they're not the type of guy to just like sit down and write jokes and stuff like that. I don't think Andy Kindler writes anything down. So, I mean, it's cool f- to see them, like, talk, talk shop like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think that's why – I mean, it, uh, that's one of the main reasons I like the show is because those moments seem so genuine. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, you know, Tarantino conversations where it's so funny and it's because, you know, they have had those before and it, they've sh- sort of perfected that – the bickering and the, and the banter um, yeah. with a long-lasting friendship. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but with friendship, there's obviously poking fun at each other yeah, they, constantly. Yeah, they're definitely like jabbing at each other at the beginning for sure. And about how uh, how like now Marin is the guy that you call when a guy cancels. And exactly. And, yeah. He <laughs> is plan B. Yeah. And Andy's saying, I thought that was me. So yeah. you, what am I now? Yeah, I guess exactly. I'm plan C. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, a really great, great exchange. We see Mark, um, take the gig and then he goes to Texas where he meets Brandon. Yeah. Another interesting character to say the least. Um, Brandon and his book of sayings. Yeah. Interesting y- approach. Y- you grease the pig and I'll screw it. <laughs> 
uh, okay, if like you that, want I think that's his first thing. line. Yeah. <laughs> just interesting. Okay, I'm not sure what to do with that or where, what it really means. Yeah, I feel like I've met Brandon before, like, in the comedy world. Like, I've met guys like Brandon who, like, are just, like, so in their head about what they're doing that they don't really realize what they're doing is, like, not being, like, no one, they're not really communicating with the person they're talking to. Like, Brandon was just, like, such a weird guy and, like, so different than Mark that it didn't seem like they were talking to each other at all. Right. He, yeah. I mean, for me, he sort of embodied the culmination of all bad things in sort of the industry and, and everything. He was obviously an up-and-comer. Yeah. But... You know, everything he said was just missing the mark. <laughs> and, I mean... Literally yeah, missing. literally. Missing just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his overconfidence, too. It was just so... I mean, working in L.A., you probably see this a lot in acting and stuff. Everybody... I mean, you have to have a certain confidence to, yeah. to try it and, and put yourself out there. They're stand-up comedians all of the time. You are going up in front of people you don't know at all. It's a room full of, of strangers. And you have to basically hang out with them and make them laugh. Like, you have yeah, nothing in common that you know. And you just have to generate this thing out of thin air. Yeah, and, like, stuff like recording. He didn't record a set. <laughs> yeah. He rec- He just recorded bits and put it on a CD. <laughs> and played it for Mark in the car <laughs> just to have what? Mark have Mark comment on it, and it was like the most like basic like <laughs> what was it? it was like what do they call toast toast? I mean, just because you make something hot doesn't mean it's not the thing it was before. <laughs> it's just hot bread. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> um, that part. We, and the fact that he needed to record that or record that yeah. in general. It's like why? Why wouldn't you just tell me that? And like wh- we can. What could Mark? Exchange. What could Mark tell him that would change that? Or like, what? What could Mark even say to like to tell? Like, I think the only thing he was looking for was like that's super funny, right? Like anything else, then it's not going to affect him at all. Yeah, it, everything <laughs> seemed to just go right over Brandon's head, and he's um, not even the weirdest person yeah. in this episode. He it, uh, surprisingly, he's one of the normal ones, yeah. which is saying a lot. Yeah, because, for sure. Um, but with that, I mean, let's, we go to Tig, which is another great cameo. Yeah, Tig Notaro. Um, who, you know, is obviously the concierge at the fabulous La Quinta in, yeah. uh, I believe they're in, in Lubbock, Texas? Lubbock. Lubbock. Lubbock, Texas, yeah. Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Have you ever been to Texas before? Um, I have been to Texas, actually. I spent, um, two years there. I went to school there. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've been to Houston. Uh, and all I can is just big, not like it's just expansive, right? Like if you have to go to a grocery store, that's like a thirty-minute drive. Like, uh, but it was nice, it was nice there. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's big. I definitely get. Yeah. Um, it's so flat. Like it's it, it is very flat. It's difficult to sort of know where you are. I mean, that's a lot of places in the Midwest because it's so flat. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't get your bearings as as much because there's lack of topography and and distinguishing things yeah um but yeah no it's it's definitely a fun town yeah where where did you go or where were you uh, I, I went to southern methodist university it's okay. called smu uh in dallas uh, okay yeah. highland park area okay i've heard of dallas mm, i've heard yes. of smu <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. excellent um but yeah there's little quintas everywhere so sure yeah i'm sure there's 
Tigs. Tigs everywhere. Yeah, Tigs in more than just Texas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the La Quinta is definitely um, <laughs> a funny choice. Tig, Tig played it perfectly, and then the whole thing, like, we're going to need a credit card for your other charges. Yeah, like your porn. Your porn. Just exactly. your porn. Yeah. <laughs> just so just, deadpan. Just I love the delivery. Like, didn't, zero judgment, just like, because you watch porn. <laughs> yeah. And just so unfazed. Yeah. Like, even, I mean, we'll get to the end, what happened in the end, but just throughout the thing yeah. kept that level head yeah. um of being unaffected by literally everything. <laughs> yeah. Um because it, it was interesting when she brought up the 24/7 waffle bar. Yeah. Um I thought that she acknowledged Murph. I mean again we'll get, Murph is this whole new topic which we'll discuss. Yeah, but she was like C and she like pointed to it. But I don't think I don't think she acknowledged that his existence. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, Murph is, is shrouded in mystery, yeah. so yeah, he is. we'll we'll try to poke into that. Yeah. Um, but first, let's talk about writer's block, because yeah. um, Marin has a, has a bit of difficulty figuring out what he's going to say, what kind of material. He has um, a few things lined up for his stay in Texas. Yeah, he wants to do new material in Texas, but he's not the type of performer that like just sits down and writes a bunch of jokes. So, like, he writes on his pad new shit, yeah. and then nothing... And then doodles a little <laughs> and bit. And then doodles, and then, and then just leaves. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, there are a lot of comedians, I've heard a lot of comedians talk about this, where, like, some of them write, do almost all of their writing on stage. Like, they just do, like, bullet points of things they want to talk about, and they let the jokes just kind of come to them while they're on stage, and they kind of feel it out. Which I think is kind of Mark Maron style, where he's just rambling and has an idea, an outline of what he wants to hit, and like knows what's funny about that, but he doesn't have just like set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. Where there are other comedians where like they have it written down, like their set is a tight five, and like that's it, and they've they know exactly what they're gonna say. Right. It's it's yeah. great to see different types of comedy like that succeed. Yeah. Um, like you're saying, it's so you know very much the opposite of writing like a haha joke or even like a funny scenario where Marin's comedy it's largely just him himself and sharing what's going on in his life and and it's it seems i mean he is a comedian so he's always looking for interesting and and funny but it seems like when he is doing that it's not to be funny it's not like i'm yeah. saying like a funny story right now it's just him sharing, which almost makes him more approachable. Almost. Yeah, and and then there are people like Louis C.K. who it seems like he's doing the same thing Marin is doing, but Louis is super meticulous with his right. material and will switch. Will like will work his material on the road and will put his weakest uh, his his weakest bits at the front and the back of his set until they become his strongest bits because that's where your strongest bits have to be your opener and your closer. And then he'll just switch around his material until everything he feels like he can open and close with. And, like, even the stuff he does with his eyes and that kind of stuff, like, he writes it down and, like, has his set, like, written out beat by beat, like, so, like, to the point. Right. I think, like, Marin or, like, uh, Pete Holmes are a little bit loosey-goosey and, like, kind of 
Like, yeah, very like, improv, very yeah. free flow. I mean, um, when Marin went to Pete and the Pig, yeah, um, <laughs> it seemed like he did not have any type of of agenda. He, he brought nothing with him. Yeah, he sort of. Um, spitballed with the guys and was just like yeah let's just talk let's just be here just right give now. me something so i can riff on it right and and they were just like yeah just give us a joke <laughs> yeah just like a joke yeah squee <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i can't believe that basically you didn't even need to leave la to no. do that no so that was, unnecessary that was the whole thing Pete's in Seattle yeah. and the pig is in LA. And, <laughs> and he was like, why couldn't I just call in? And like, cause that, that sound weird. But it's, so he's like, just sitting in a yeah. sound booth by himself, <laughs> like talking into a mic. Yeah. There are sound booths in LA. That's true. That, oh, they exist. That, uh, there are mics in LA as well. Yes, there are. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have headphones too. Yeah. So I'm, they could probably recreate the scenario. Yeah, for sure. He didn't. He didn't need <laughs> yeah. to be there at that time. It was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? Brandon thought he was killing it. <laughs> yeah, Brandon was thumbs in, up from yeah. Brandon. He's probably going to be an understudy, just taking notes in the yeah, corner. Sure. Just, wow. Yeah, that was a good one for the book. Yeah. <laughs> for the book of sayings. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of weird, oh we goodness. will hop back into, uh, to the, <laughs> the mystery that is Murph and the waffles. Yeah. And speaking of waffles, um, Maria Menounos has a lovely book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. Um, have you given this a read? Uh, I flipped through it. I Excellent. flipped through it. Excellent. Yeah. As of I, um, obviously not one that I probably would have just grabbed off the bookshelf, but... Actually, really good stuff. Um, I got it from my girlfriend. She read it. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. I, I I mean, strategically gave it to her. Not, like, for any hey, motivation. You need to drop 40 pounds? But, yeah, just read this now. Yeah. Um, no, nothing like that. I would have gotten slapped in the face. Yeah. Um, but it actually is full of really awesome recipes. Yeah. Um, so she's been making those. Like, I've been eating healthy and, like, not even... Knowing it because everything's delicious. There's these like um, everything you could possibly have, just full of pictures. And um, everybody that that watches on on YouTube and, and iTunes, if you guys want to support the show, that's a great way uh, to keep the lights on here. We really love giving this free content, and we want to keep it going with all the shows that we do. Um, and it's just a really good way to show your support. Um, but still getting this free content. I mean, we don't want to charge anybody for this. I mean, it's it's for you guys, for the fans. So it's just a great way to contribute. Other ways you can, just uh, rate and review the shows that you watch. If you like them, let us know. If you don't, also let us know. We can improve upon that, too. Sure. I heard that book's on the bestseller list. It is. Well, you can pick it up at Amazon, uh, Barnes Noble, wherever books are sold. Sweet. And it is, yeah, it's killing it. I mean, Rhea Menounos is amazing, as everyone knows. Sure. And her, as, as one can see, everything is clearly working. Yeah. So, success. That's a good guide, then. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very good guide. Um, very so, packed with material. Speaking of eating healthy. Speaking of eating healthy, Murph does not. <laughs> uh, he needs to read the book. You know what? Uh, Murph, if you had the powers of Murph, you could eat whatever you wanted. You want to gain a pound. True, He just, <laughs> his metabolism, it's all mental. He can control his metabolism with his mind. <laughs> exactly. Man. It's a superpower, really. Murph is such a 
interesting character. Mark goes into the waffle bar, <laughs> sees Murph there, stack of stack of waffles. Uh, number one, I don't. When's the last time you ate a waffle? Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. They're a little hard to. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of prep that goes into. I mean, in terms of my routine for breakfast foods. Because Murph makes a good point that when you're on your deathbed. And you're and you're tr- and you're thinking about stuff. You're probably going to think, "I wish I had more waffles." I mean, it's about but yeah. they're delicious. They're I great. Will give you that. I just haven't like, had. They're it. they're absolutely fabulous. I, I'm guessing years. I'm going to say it's been really? years since I've had a waffle. Yeah. Um. Even like chicken and waffles, because that I've never had chicken. And oh, waffles. whoa, yeah. Jesse. I'm sorry. Jesse. I'm not a vegetarian or anything like that either. I eat I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. And we might have to take a break. Time so you out. Can go pod- get some. Podcast? It will yeah. change your life. Okay. Like no joke at all. Okay. It, like after this, all right. Go to I'll an establishment yeah. with with chicken and waffle. Even if it's not like. A dish that they serve. Get some chicken. Like, get some waffles. Do what you like must yeah, to okay. make that happen. Okay. It's no, it's like surprisingly amazing. Just one of those combos that you wouldn't think, but it's just whew, outstanding. Yeah. So, so, um, so Murph is like the foil for Mark Marin. Like he's, he is, he's he like is. he's like that's well, what he's it's the all, foil for a lot of things. Yeah, he's like that's what it's all about, man. Waffles. <laughs> and Marin's like. I was kind of hoping it would be for more. Yeah, for more than just waffles. Waffles are good, don't get me wrong, but wanted a little bit more out of life than just the waffles. Yeah. Um, And they didn't even have chicken. Yeah. Chicken and waffles. It was like a weird weird interaction. Yeah, oh, God. So weird. They were, I mean, basically standing, like, they were facing each other as if they were sitting with, like, that they had came to the restaurant with each other. Yeah. There was a table in between them, so there was just an awkwardly long space. And and Murph was saying like he travels almost uh, like every day of the year, basically. And so like this is what his life is: is like just yeah, waffles, just enjoying waffles. I love when when Mark comes to the La Quinta, he sees him eating yeah. waffles. He goes upstairs. Like we don't know how much time has passed. I'm guessing Murph. Spends it could be almost day. his it entire day like, in the waffle bar, and then comes back. Murph is still eating yeah. waffle. Has not moved. Yeah. It's literally in the same place. Yeah. It's very weird. And then the next... And, uh, oh, God. The the weirdness continues. It the is next not time we, the waffles. The next time we see him, Mark's looking in a mirror. And he, like, opens it. And it's like a, a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. He, just, he opens it and all then he of a sudden appears. It, and then Murph is behind him. And I wrote down, like, Murph is the bartender from The Shining. Like, he's like the ghost that's... Because he's like, hey, come up to my room. Whenever you're done processing whatever you got going on here, just whatever you have to do with these human things, yeah. and then and then leaves, <laughs> and, and then Mark goes to his room, and I mean we haven't even talked about what the main through line of the show is, but like goes to his room and it's like smoky, and it's yeah, like, there's a weird like ambient jazz music. Yeah, it's it's kind of made like Mark's house, like he's got like a record player like Mark has, he's got a guitar like Mark has. They drink from tiny little coffee mugs. Yeah, the tiny little coffee and then, mugs. And then because Mark thinks he might have cancer, uh, they're talking about like uh, what you would do if it was you thought it was your last day on Earth. And Murph is saying like just act like it and act like like treat every day like that. Mark's saying it would be chaos if everyone did that. And they get into this weird conversation. Oh, it gets dark 
fast. Yeah. Like, Murph <laughs> takes it to a whole new level. Um, really, really escalates the yeah. situation. Because, um, I mean, Mark, they, they have a conversation about drugs. Yeah. Obviously, Mark is, is clean and sober now. And he's, um, and he's done all that. Yeah, he's he's been there, done that. And that's why he sort of closed that chapter of his book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Murph, Murph, just Murph like really ups the ante after that. Straight face, just like, <laughs> straight. I don't know. I'd probably, all right, well, let's, let's probably have sex with a man. Yeah. And then I'd, uh. And then, both ways, top and let, bottom. Then I'd let him just, have sex with me, and then probably I'd kill people. Probably the man. Yeah. And then, like, just uh, and then I'd have sex with him again. From waffles <laughs> to homosexuality to murder, murder, and then necrophilia. Yeah, and, and then he, yeah, and then back and to. Then, and then he says to Mark, "Like, come on, man. We all think this. Don't make. <laughs> just, don't, don't say I'm, I'm weird. Not sure that everyone, we do. everyone's got these thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Just. And Mark was saying, like, do we though? And then Mark said, I thought like maybe like take a trip to Ecuador. <laughs> yeah. I just I was thinking more of a of a personal vacay. <laughs> it's like screw um, that. What, Olivia, I, he says something so great. He's like, uh, yeah. He says you have to step into the fear, yeah, which is such a like. What? At, Why? At which point I wrote. Is Murph the devil or is he God? Like, he, like, he's like, you have to step into the fear. How many times in your life can you be a, can you be a killer top and a power bottom in one day? It's like, what the hell, Murph? Just, yeah, like, take it easy, Murph. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. You're getting, getting creepy fast. And, and folks who haven't seen the episode, Murph is like the most milk toast white guy you can imagine. Oh, God. Like, just a white suit, blue tie, blonde <laughs> hair, just like. No, but I mean, perfectly cast because yeah. he, like, walking across the tree, you'd be like, wow, that's like the most white collar dude I've ever seen. Yeah. Then he just whips out this intensity oh that God. will knock you off your feet. Like, like, literally, yeah. like, he, he can ratchet it up I, so fast. I play guitar, but not in front of people because <laughs> it makes me nervous. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what? And Why do you? Like, okay, I get that. Just, okay, okay, I can. Yeah. We got that. We got that in common. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was very much so, like, he was, Mark was sort of spiraling down, like, the rabbit hole, Alice in Wonder style. Yeah. Um, and it just got weirder and weirder until Mark just had to like pull the plug and yeah. like eject. It, it it very much reminded me of The Shining. Like this entire thing, he's like stuck at a hotel. Like his gig gets canceled, so like he can't like do anything. He's in Lubbock, Texas, where he doesn't really know the lay of the land. He's just like, kind of like stuck there, and then like Murph appears behind him like that, and it's just like. This guy, like, I thought the episode could end with Mark being a power top and then killing a guy. <laughs> like, I thought that that was a possibility. Yeah, at just this like, point. oh god, <laughs> like, just, yeah. Because I saw Bobcat Goldthwaite directing yeah, it, just and so it was like, break. so, so, like, with Bobcat know. directing, you never know. it could end with Mark it's going on a card. killing spree, like for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, room two thirty-seven. What happens in room two thirty-seven? Apparently nothing. Well, yeah, everything and nothing. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't exist. Exactly. We find at the very end, uh, Mark goes to Tig and like talks about... Yeah, not only is there no one named Murph or, or Murphy, Murphy, if you're going to full name it yeah. out, um, but no room 237 <laughs> in the entire place. And then Mark just goes like, oh, I guess I just made him up. And then yeah. walks away. I guess he just shrugs that off, that whole... Yeah. like. 
hallucinogenic experience. He's just like, oh, all right. Yeah. I guess that'll happen. I guess when you survive, like when you just live the way Mark does, uh, having a made up waffle eating sociopath uh, is just not a, a normal thing. And uh, so he's just like, okay, I just made him up, I guess. Walks away. Yeah, well, that's great about TV, though. You can sort of explore those daytime daydreams sure. um, out and and visually play with that and, and how, like, I mean, it's an intense scene um, <laughs> getting Murph so just to really um, stretch the limit of, of life in yeah. general. Um, but also, I mean, looking back, it, it's very funny. I mean, it's so weird to, to see so intense. a guy that was eating waffles yeah. talking about <laughs> basically raping and killing a dude yeah. um, and then raping him again. Stepping into that um, fear. <laughs> yeah, just getting the temptations out. He's, he's like, you, he's like you're, you might be on your last day and you're still afraid. You're still standing by the wall. <laughs> yeah, you got to step into that fear. <laughs> just, what else do you have to live for, really? <laughs> Um, but then we get to see the show that Mark, Mark Marin is, is in. Well, first we, should we go through like the cancer st- story? Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. I mean, he kind of reiterates that. I mean, throughout, since yeah. the pizza bite, yeah. he thought he had cancer, has something on his lip. He has a black sore. He goes to, he goes to, exactly, a, yeah. He goes he to is, a general practitioner doctor <laughs> who looks at it and goes, ew. That Just, ew, the, that's gross. Uh, probably that was, the worst thing you would want to hear from a doctor oh my ever. God. Just like, like oh. Yeah, just, ew, what uh, is that? Uh. Just, um, you're supposed to tell me. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, it's black, so that's, that's not good. That's not a good color in your yeah, mouth. That's, I mean, that's usually bad. Yeah. So you should probably get that checked out. It's like, I, I am. <laughs> you are a doctor. <laughs> just, that's what I'm doing here. It was like a weird who's on first, but with cancer in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, he hit the web MD thing and, never you do know, that. got, folks, oh, God. Folks at home, if you feel sick and you've, you've got something, never hit web MD because it's always death. You always just have death and that's it. Is web MD a sponsor? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, good. Don't hit WebMD. <laughs> don't do it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's just it brews nothing more mm-hmm. than just paranoia. It's it's made it so about everyone. The worst. It's made exactly. it so everyone has access to being a hypochondriac. Like, well, yeah, I mean, what we do when when you you know don't have the medical knowledge, you look at at stuff, so you see the worst yeah. symptoms, and you attribute everything to being that bad. But, you know, doctors, I'm pretty sure, do the opposite, and they rule things out. Like yeah. They, you know, check off the worst stuff first, and then they can sort of narrow it down to less or symptoms. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, this doctor was not doing any of that. Well, he, it literally looked like he may have been, like, uh, the cleaning guy or something, <laughs> who just, like, threw on a lab coat. And well, was Mark like, got in the car right. and was like, am I being jackassed? Yeah. Just, is, <laughs> is, that is, is it a prank? Is it a prank show? Like, what's going on? Yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely a scenario where it yeah. could be. He, that was the worst doctor ever. Yeah. And Brandon, again, unfazed by Mark's <laughs> yeah. cancer. Like, not even like, hey, man, that's a bummer. Like, not Yeah, even, no sympathy at all. Yeah. Just, he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, it's so weird. Yeah, Brandon, uh, everybody in this episode is, is weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing to Lubbock, Texas, because I'm sure. 
there's uh, not everybody in that town are like this. No, the people at the show seemed cool. Exactly. Yes. He found a legitimate doctor there um, who's able to diagnose everything on the spot. It's like, it's a canker sore. He's like, well, why is it black? Have you eaten anything black? And he's been eating licorice, uh, Brandon's uh, licorice. Brandon's, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, may not even be licorice. We don't know. Uh, Yeah. It's probably hallucinogens. That's why Mark's been having such a weird week. Exactly. It's probably laced with Brandon's been drugging him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just getting real crazy. Yeah. Um, that actually is a good point. I didn't think about that. He could have been drugged by Brandon. Yeah. And then... Absolutely. And Mark, in his set, just stops halfway through and, like, talks about how he might have cancer. And it's... I think that's probably why Tig was in the show, is because she has that famous set. Uh, if you haven't heard it, you should look it up. Tig has this famous set where she talks about, uh, having breast cancer and about, like, how she's afraid to die and about her mother having it and all of this other stuff and it is one of the funniest sets of comedy you can ever hear and one of the most heartbreaking things you can ever hear at the same time and it's it's amazing and so i'm pretty sure that's why tig was in this episode is because mark was doing a set and then halfway through talked about having cancer and like made it a real show and like right. a real moment which was co- cool definitely definitely yeah. i mean it's, it's really powerful that and and that he can do that and kind of bring people in. Obviously, the topic rang true a lot with cancer and yeah, Tig. Especially the pig. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the pig. Hey, man, my, my mom died of mouth <laughs> yeah, cancer. Just, just, like, he's why aren't real. you squealing? He's being serious, dude. Why aren't you squealing, pig? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I mean, their styles, like you were saying, with, with Tig kind of bringing in her own life and talking about that yeah. being real, but also, you know, being able to laugh about it yeah. is awesome. And, and I think that's something people should be able to do when it is that intense cancer. Like, I mean, you should look at the bright side and and be able to laugh about it and, and joke about it. You don't have to write jokes, but I'm just sort of sharing that and being open. Yeah. And I, I think especially for, like, stand-up comedians – uh, at least that style, like being told that they can't talk about something like that would be so constricting. Cause I think right. like as an artist, someone like Tig or Mark would have to get on stage and talk about what's going on in their lives. Like it wouldn't right. even be an option for them to not talk about that. And so like, because Mark's style, like you pretty much know who Mark Marin is if you listen to his stand up because he will talk about everything. And I think it's it's that kind of style of these comedians where it's like their life is also their stand-up. Right. They might have like an onstage persona, but everything that they're saying is from a real place. Uh, yeah. I mean these these artists in general um, sort of do that style where they bring so much of their life to the table in their act. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's great to see that they do that in a, in a positive way. I mean cancer is such a big – thing yeah um my dad passed away when i was six uh from brain cancer so you know there really isn't a good way to handle that like it's so like you have to look at the bright side it's not like if you if you don't you'll just drown in that like sorrow it's it's no good for any anyone so i mean comedy is a powerful tool laughing is again the best medicine sure yeah, well, I, Brian Posehn has, has this story. I think it's in the Comedians of Comedy Tour 
where he says like when he started talk when he started doing stand up, he had a bit on his dad dying and uh about like living with his mom and like a uh, a manager came up and was like, "Hey man, uh uh don't don't say your dad died. Just uh just say that he that he uh say that he like uh left. Like he he walked away from your family or something like that." Because you, you're bumming everyone out. And Brian Posehn's response was like, no, because that's not what happened. Like, right. You, like, like, the whole point of it is that he's saying something so that, like, he can connect with the audience. And so, like, saying something that didn't happen just for that laugh would work. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, it's, it's awesome that they can do that. And, you know, they should be bringing people in. We saw Mark sort of doing that with the whole show. He he didn't have, again, like the radio thing, he didn't have um, a whole plan or bit set up that yeah. he was going to do, hit ABC of these bits. It he was just, just I'm just talking with you guys. I'm hanging out with you. I'm being here in the moment. It was such like a genuine thing. And it's cool that that's part of comedy. I mean, it's not, everybody's not like that, but it's also a, a piece of it. Like yeah. It's, it's good that he's sharing sort of every aspect of everything. It doesn't have to be, you know, stand up. I'll tell you like knock knock jokes. Yeah. Um. It's it's everything. Like he's he's an entertainer, and it and it comes in many different forms, which is great to see. Yeah. Which I think this this episode. I think when we find out that Murph is part of Mark's psyche, right? That there is <laughs> a part of Mark that thinks that way. Um. It, like it kind of made me think of the episode as a whole, like where he's like trying to find new material, and like maybe Murph is the place he goes when he needs to like find something screwed up to say. Like that's that's like the Murph is the voice that he finds when he needs to say something Ooh, screwed up. Interesting, because like Murph is the most screwed up. So yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> that's like I mean, I can't imagine anything more intense and, and yeah. just blatantly graphic yeah. um, than, than Murph. Um, so that was an, an interesting character to explore. Um, do you think he's going to come back? Let's move into uh, predictions. Okay, let's go predictions. And now, Murph. you're after Buzz <laughs> Murph. Is Murph here? Yeah. It's, this is basically the, the Murph I'm, effect I'm here. right here. Oh, no. I'm here. Okay. Are, are you going to um, be power top or, uh, <laughs> yeah. so or lowly eight, bottom? Oh God, Murph! No, he's gonna be both. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be both. I'll I'll step into the fear. <laughs> these, these lights are are these lights are my power top action. <laughs> right before he so kills scared, you, that's right. what you see. Yeah, you see that. Um. So yeah, we this was episode eight. We yeah. are more than halfway through. Um. We've crossed over t- into Murphland. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is going to be in it for the rest of the season? Well, the preview for the next episode, it kind of looks like it's going back to the regular format. This is the first episode this season. That sort of strayed, right. That strayed, and, like, there wasn't anything of him talking into the mic, like, doing his podcast in this episode, which was very interesting. Yeah, uh, they sort of switched it with live, kind of, yeah. at the at the venues. Yeah. Um, I think Murph has a possibility of coming back. Like, I feel like if Mark ever gets put in a spot like that where he's, like, alone and, like, like kind of desperate. Right. I'd love like, to see, like, just a little thought bubble. Murph. <laughs> of Murph, like, carving open <laughs> yeah. a pig and then, like, yeah. eating its entrails and then, like, drawing a smiley face. Sure. Yeah, just <laughs> pouring maple syrup all yeah. over it. Um, I, but I don't really, since we've explored, I don't know if we need to see Murph again. 
the next episode, it looks like he's doing yoga and farting a lot. Right. Which both are hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be it'll be yeah. nice to get back to reality, back to L.A. Yeah. Um, the yoga thing is obviously ripe for for jokes and, sure. and just situational comedy. Yeah, uh, it looks like he farts in the yoga master's face, which and he doesn't um, care is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know if we're gonna see Murph again. I'd love love like a tiny little cameo. Yeah. Um, but it, I actually loved seeing Marin in his element in a different way. Like he yeah. always does the podcast thing, sort of to to open and and close his episodes a lot of the time, format wise. But it was great to see him do what he does, but in a different realm. Like he did, he was doing himself in. Uh, the radio show. Yeah. Um, and then at a live show, I'd love to see him do more stand-up stuff. Yeah, th- that was really interesting. I hope we kind of, like, expand the Marin universe a little bit more. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, we will just have to wait and see next week. Okay. Um, thanks for stopping by, guys. We will definitely see you for Episode 9 next Thursday. Where can we find you guys? You guys can find, uh, yeah, well, Jesse, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can go on to Twitter and find me at JessKlein1. Also, if you're a fan of live comedy, uh, the 5th of July, you can see my team DJ Fawcett perform at the Kirk Douglas Theater for $5. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman on Twitter and Instagram. I also host, um, Almost Royal on Sundays and Murder and First on Mondays. Sweet. See you guys later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.